Section 15 of The Natural History, Volume 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Natural History, Volume 5, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 15, Book 23, Chapters 51 to 65. Chapter 51 the palm nine remedies next in rank after the vine and the olive comes the palm dates fresh gathered have an inebriating effect and are productive of headache when dried they are not so injurious it would appear too that they are not so wholesome to the stomach they have an irritating effect on coughs but are very nourishing to the body the ancients used to give a decoction of them to patients as a substitute for hydromel with the view of recruiting the strength and allaying the thirst, the Thebaic date being held in preference for the purpose. Dates are very useful too for persons troubled with spitting of blood when taken in the food more particularly. The dates called karyoti, in combination with quinces, wax and saffron, are applied topically for affections of the stomach, bladder, abdomen and intestines. They are good for bruises also. Date stones, burnt in a new earthen vessel, produce an ash which, when rinsed, is employed as a substitute for spodium, and is used as an ingredient in eye salves, and with the addition of nard, in washes for the eyebrows. Chapter 52. 5. The palm which produces mirobalanum. Three remedies. Of the palm which produces mirobalanum, the most esteemed kind that is grown in Egypt, the dates of which, unlike those of other kinds, are without stones, used with astringent wine, they arrest diarrhoea and the catamenia, and promote the cicatrization of wounds. Chapter 53. The Palm Called Elati. Sixteen Remedies. The Palm Called Elati, or Spathi, furnishes its buds, leaves and bark for medicinal purposes. The leaves are applied to the thoracic regions, stomach and liver, and to spreading ulcers, but they are adverse to cicatrization. The bark of the tree, while tender, mixed with wax and resin, heals itch scab in the course of twenty days. A decoction, also, is made of it for diseases of the testes. Used as a fumigation, it turns the hair black and brings away the fetus. It is given in drink also for diseases of the kidneys, bladder and thoracic organs, but it acts injuriously upon the head and nerves. The decoction of this bark has the effect also of arresting fluxes of the uterus and the bowels. The ashes of it are used with white wine for griping pains in the stomach and form a very efficacious remedy for affections of the uterus. Chapter 54. 6. Remedies derived from the blossoms, leaves, fruit, branches, bark, juices, wood, roots and ashes of various kinds of trees. Six observations upon apples, 22 observations upon quinces, one observation upon struthia. We next come to the medicinal properties of the various kinds of apples. The spring fruits of this nature are sour and unwholesome to the stomach, disturb the bowels, contract the bladder, and act injuriously upon the nerves. When cooked, however, they are of a more harmless nature. Quinces are more pleasant eating when cooked. Still, however, eaten raw, provided they are ripe, they are very useful for spitting of blood, dysentery, cholera, and celiac affections. Indeed, they are not of the same efficacy when cooked, as they then lose the astringent properties which belong to their juice. They are applied also to the breast in the burning attacks of fever, 
and in spite of what has been stated above they are occasionally boiled in rainwater for the various purposes before mentioned for pains in the stomach they are applied like a cerity either raw or boiled the down upon them heals carbuncles boiled in wine and applied with wax they restore the hair when it has been lost by alopecy a conserve of raw quinces in honey relaxes the bowels and they add very materially to the sweetness of the honey and render it more wholesome to the stomach boiled quinces preserved in honey are beaten up with the decoction of rose leaves and are taken as food by some for the cure of affections of the stomach the juice of raw quinces is very good also for the spleen hardness of breathing dropsy affections of the mammillae condylomata and varicose veins the blossoms either fresh or dried are useful for inflammations of the eyes spitting of blood and irregularities of the catamenia by beating them up with sweet wine a soothing syrup is prepared which is very beneficial for celiac affections and diseases of the liver with a decoction of them a fomentation is made for procedence of the uterus and intestines from quinces an oil is also extracted which we have spoken of under the name of melinum in order to make it the fruit must not have been grown in a damp soil hence it is that the quinces which come from sicily are so highly esteemed for the purpose while on the other hand the struthium though of a kindred kind is not so good a circle is traced round the root of this tree and the root itself is then pulled up with the left hand care being taken by the person who does so to state at the same moment the object for which it is so pulled up and for whom worn as an amulet this root is a cure for scrofula chapter fifty five the sweet apples called melimela six observations upon them sour apples four observations upon them the apples known as melimela and the other sweet apples relax the stomach and bowels but are productive of heat and thirst though they do not act injuriously upon the nervous system the orbiculata arrest diarrhoea and vomiting and act as a diuretic wild apples resemble the sour apples of spring and act astringently upon the bowels indeed for this purpose they should always be used before they are ripe chapter fifty six citrons five observations upon them citrons either the pulp of them or the pips are taken in wine as an antidote to poisons a decoction of citrons or the juice extracted from them is used as a gargle to impart sweetness to the breath the pips of this fruit are recommended for pregnant women to chew when affected with qualmishness citrons are good also for a weak stomach but it is not easy to eat them except with vinegar chapter fifty seven punic apples or pomegranates twenty six remedies it will be a mere loss of time to recapitulate the nine different varieties of the pomegranate the sweet pomegranates or in other words those known by the name of apirina are generally considered to be injurious to the stomach they are productive also of flatulency and are bad for the teeth and gums the kind which closely resembles the last in flavour and which we have spoken of as the venous pomegranate has very diminutive pips and it is thought to be somewhat more wholesome than the others they have an astringent effect upon the stomach and bowels provided they are taken in moderation and not to satiety but even these or indeed any other kind should never be given in fevers as neither the substance nor the juice of the fruit acts otherwise than injuriously under these circumstances they should also be equally abstained from in cases of vomiting and bilious evacuations in this fruit nature has revealed to us a grape and so to say not must but a wine ready-made 
both grape and wine being enclosed in a tougher skin. The rind of the sour pomegranate is employed for many purposes. It is in very common use with couriers for tanning leather, from which circumstance it has received the name of malicorium. Medical men assure us that the rind is diuretic, and that boiled with nut galls in vinegar it strengthens loose teeth in the sockets. It is prescribed also for pregnant women when suffering from qualmishness, the flavour of it quickening the fetus. A pomegranate is cut and left to soak in rainwater for some three days, after which the infusion is given cold to persons suffering from celiac affections and spitting of blood. Chapter 58 The Composition Called Stomatacy Fourteen Remedies With the sour pomegranate a medicament is made, which is known as stomatacy, and is extremely good for affections of the mouth, nostrils and ears, dimness of sight, films upon the eyes, diseases of the generative organs, corrosive sores called nomi, and fleshy excrescences in ulcers. It is useful also as an antidote to the venom of the sea hare. The following is the method of making it. The rind is taken off the fruit, and the pips are pounded, after which the juice is boiled down to one-third, and then mixed with saffron, split alum, myrrh, and attic honey, the proportions being half a pound of each. Some persons have another way of making it. A number of sour pomegranates are pounded, after which the juice is boiled down in a new cauldron to the consistency of honey. This composition is used for various affections of the generative organs and fundament, and indeed all those diseases which are treated with lycium. It is employed also for the cure of purulent discharges from the ears, incipient defluxions of the eyes, and red spots upon the hands. Branches of the pomegranate have the effect of repelling the attacks of serpents. Pomegranate rind, boiled in wine and applied, is a cure for chilblains. A pomegranate, boiled down to one-third in three hemini of wine, is a cure for griping pains in the bowels and for tapeworm. A pomegranate, put in a new earthen pot, tightly covered and burnt in a furnace, and then pounded and taken in wine, arrests looseness of the bowels and dispels griping pains in the stomach. Chapter 59. Citinus. Eight remedies. The Greeks have given the name of Citinus to the first germs of this tree, when it is just beginning to blossom. These germs have a singular property, which has been remarked by many. If a person, after taking off everything that is fastened upon the body, his girdle, for instance, shoes, and even his ring, plucks one of them with two fingers of the left hand, the thumb, namely, and the fourth finger, and after rubbing it gently round his eyes, puts it into his mouth and swallows it without letting it touch his teeth, he will experience, it is said, no malady of the eyes throughout all the year. These germs, dried and pounded, check the growth of fleshy excrescences. They are good also for the gums and teeth, and if the teeth are loose, a decoction of the germs will strengthen them. The young pomegranates themselves are beaten up and applied as a liniment to spreading or putrid sores. They are also used for inflammations of the eyes and intestines, and nearly all the purposes for which pomegranate rind is used. They are remedial also for the stings of scorpions. Chapter 60. Balaustium. Twelve Remedies. We cannot sufficiently admire the care and diligence displayed by the ancients, who in their inquiries into every subject have left nothing untried. Within the sinitus, before the pomegranate itself makes its appearance, there are diminutive flowers, the name given to which, as already stated, is balaustium. 
these blossoms even have not escaped their inquiries it having been ascertained by them that they are an excellent remedy for stings inflicted by the scorpion taken in drink they arrest the catamenia and are curative of ulcers of the mouth tonsillary glands and uvula as also of spitting of blood derangement of the stomach and bowels diseases of the generative organs and running sores in all parts of the body the ancients also dried these blossoms to try their efficacy in that state and made the discovery that pulverized they cure patients suffering from dysentery when at the very point of death even and that they arrest looseness of the bowels they have not disdained too to make trial of the pips of the pomegranate parched and then pounded these pips are good for the stomach sprinkled in the food or drink to arrest looseness of the bowels they are taken in rainwater a decoction of the juices of the root in doses of one victoriatus exterminates tapeworm and the root itself boiled down in water to a thick consistency is employed for the same purposes as lycium chapter sixty one the wild pomegranate there is a tree also which is called the wild pomegranate on account of its strong resemblance to the cultivated pomegranate the roots of it have a red bark which taken in wine in doses of one denarius promotes sleep the seed of it taken in drink is curative of dropsy gnats are kept at a distance by the smoke of burnt pomegranate rind chapter sixty two seven pears twelve observations upon them all kinds of pears as an aliment are indigestible to persons in robust health even but to invalids they are forbidden as rigidly as wine boiled however they are remarkably agreeable and wholesome those of crustumium in particular all kinds of pears too boiled with honey are wholesome to the stomach cataplasms of a resolvent nature are made with pears and a decoction of them is used to disperse indurations they are efficacious also in cases of poisoning by mushrooms and fungi as much by reason of their heaviness as by the neutralizing effects of their juice the wild pear ripens but very slowly cut in slices and hung in the air to dry it rests looseness of the bowels an effect which is equally produced by a decoction of it taken in drink in which case the leaves also are boiled up together with the fruit the ashes of pear tree wood are even more efficacious as an antidote to the poison of fungi a load of apples or pears however small is singularly fatiguing to beasts of burden the best plan to counteract this they say is to give the animals some to eat or at least to show them the fruit before starting chapter sixty three figs one hundred and eleven observations upon them the milky juice of the fig tree possesses kindred properties with vinegar hence it is that like rennet it curdles milk this juice is collected before the fruit ripens and dried in the shade being used with yolk of egg as a liniment or else in drink with amylum to bring ulcers to a head and break them and for the purposes of an amenagogue with meal of fenugreek and vinegar it is applied topically for gout it acts also as a depilatory heals eruptions of the eyelids lichens and scabs and relaxes the bowels the milk of the fig tree is naturally curative of the stings of hornets wasps and similar insects and is remarkably useful for wounds inflicted by scorpions mixed with axle grease it removes warts with the leaves and figs still green an application is made for scrofulous and other sores of a nature which requires emollients and resolvents the leaves too used by themselves are productive of a similar effect in addition to this they are employed for other purposes 
as a friction for lichens for example for alopecia and other diseases which require caustic applications the young shoots of the branches are used as an application to the skin in cases of bites inflicted by dogs with honey they are applied to the ulcers known as honeycomb ulcers mixed with the leaves of wild poppies they extract splinters of bones and the leaves beaten up in vinegar are a cure for bites inflicted by dogs the white shoots of the black fig are applied topically with wax to boils and bites inflicted by the shrew mouse and the ashes of their leaves are used for the cure of gangrenes and the reduction of fleshy excrescences ripe figs are diuretic and laxative they promote the perspiration and bring out pimples hence it is that they are unwholesome in autumn the perspirations which they excite being always attended with shivering they are injurious also to the stomach though for a short time only and it is generally thought that they spoil the voice the figs which are the last to ripen are the more wholesome than the first but those which are drugged for the purposes of ripening them are never wholesome this fruit invigorates the young and improves the health of the aged and retards the formation of wrinkles it allays thirst and is of a cooling nature for which reason it should never be declined in those fevers of an astringent tendency which are known as stegni dried figs are injurious to the stomach but are beneficial in a marvellous degree to the throat and fauces they are of a warming nature are productive of thirst and relax the bowels but are unwholesome in stomachic complaints and fluxes of the bowels in all cases they are beneficial for the bladder hardness of breathing and asthma as also for diseases of the liver kidneys and spleen they are nourishing and invigorating for which reason the athletes in former times used them as food pythagoras the gymnast being the first to introduce them among a flesh diet figs are extremely useful for patients recovering from a long illness and for persons suffering from epilepsy or dropsy they are applied topically also in all cases where sores require to be brought to a head or dispersed and they are still more efficacious when mixed with lime or nitre boiled with hyssop they act as a purgative on the pectoral organs carrying off the phlegm and cure inveterate coughs boiled with wine they heal maladies of the fundament and tumours of the jaws a decoction of them is applied also to boils inflamed tumours and in posthumes of the parotid glands this decoction too is found very useful as a fomentation for disorders incident to females boiled with fenugreek figs are very useful in cases of pleurisy and peripneumony a decoction of them with rue is good for griping pains in the bowels in combination with verdigris they are used for ulcers of the legs and in posthumes of the parotid glands with pomegranates for hangnails and with wax for burns and chilblains boiled in wine with wormwood and barley meal they are employed for dropsy eaten with nitre they relax the bowels and beaten up with salt they are applied to stings inflicted by scorpions boiled in wine and applied topically they bring carbuncles to a head in cases of carcinoma unattended with ulceration it is a singularly good plan to apply to the part the pulpiest fig that can be procured the same too with flagedenic sores as to the ashes of the fig those of no tree known are of a more acrid character being of a detergent and astringent nature and tending to make new flesh and to promote the cicatrization of wounds they are also taken in drink for the purpose of dissolving coagulated blood as also for bruises falls with violence ruptures convulsions 
in one caiaphas respectively of water and oil they are administered also for tetanus and spasms and are used either in a potion or as an ejection for celiac affections and dysentery employed as a liniment with oil they have a warming effect and kneaded into a paste with wax and rose oil they heal burns leaving the slightest scar only applied in oil as a liniment they are a cure for weakness of sight and are used as a dentifrice in diseases of the teeth it is said too that if a patient draws downward a branch of a fig tree and turns up his head and bites off some knot or other of it without being seen by anyone and then wears it in a leather bag suspended by a string from his neck it is a certain cure for scrofulous sores and imposthumes of the parotid glands the bark of this tree beaten up with oil cures ulcerations of the abdomen green figs applied raw with the addition of nitre and meal remove warts and wens the ashes of the suckers which spring from the roots are used as a substitute for spodium burnt over a second time and incorporated with white lead they are divided into cakes which are used for the cure of ulcerations of the eyes and eruptions chapter sixty four the wild fig forty two observations upon it the wild fig again is even more efficacious in its properties than the cultivated one it has not so large a proportion of milky juice as the other a slip of it put into milk has the effect of curdling it and turning it into cheese this juice collected and indurated by being subjected to pressure imparts a fine flavour to meat being steeped in vinegar for the purpose and then rubbed upon it it is used also as an ingredient in blisters and taken internally it relaxes the bowels used with amylum it opens the passages of the uterus and combined with the yolk of an egg it acts as an amenagogue mixed with meal of fenugreek it is applied topically for gout and is used for the dispersion of leprous sores itch scabs lichens and freckles it is an antidote also to the stings of venomous animals and to the bites of dogs applied to the teeth in wool or introduced into the cavity of a carious tooth this juice cures toothache the young shoots and the leaves mixed with the meal of fitches act as an antidote to the poisons of marine animals wine being added to the preparation in boiling beef a great saving of firewood may be effected by putting some of these shoots in the pot the figs in a green state applied topically soften and disperse scrofulous sores and all kinds of gatherings and the leaves to a certain extent have a similar effect the softer leaves are applied with vinegar for the cure of running ulcers epinictis and scaly eruptions with the leaves mixed with honey honeycomb ulcers are treated and the wounds inflicted by dogs the leaves are applied too fresh with wine to phagedenic sores in combination with poppy leaves they extract splintered bones wild figs in a green state employed as a fumigation dispel flatulency and an infusion of them used as a potion combats the deleterious effects of bullock's blood white lead and coagulated milk taken internally boiled in water and employed as a cataplasm they cure imposthumes of the parotid glands the shoots or the green figs gathered as young as possible are taken in wine for stings inflicted by scorpions the milky juice is also poured into the wound and the leaves are applied to it the bite of the shrew mouse is treated in a similar manner the ashes of the young branches are curative of relaxations of the uvula and the ashes of the tree itself mixed with honey have the effect of healing chaps a decoction of the root boiled in wine is good for toothache the winter wild fig 
boiled in vinegar and pounded, is a cure for impetigo. The branches are first barked for the purpose and then scraped. These scrapings, which are as fine as sawdust, being applied topically to the parts affected. There is also one medicinal property of a marvellous nature attributed to the wild fig. If a youth who has not arrived at puberty breaks off a branch, and then with his teeth tears off the bark swelling with the sap, the pith of this branch, we are assured, attached as an amulet to the person before sunrise, will prevent the formation of scrofulous sores. A branch of this tree attached to the neck of a bull, however furious, exercises such a marvellous effect upon him as to restrain his ferocity and render him quite immovable. Chapter 65. The Herb Erinion. Three Remedies. It will be as well to speak here, in consequence of the similarity of name, of the herb which is known to the Greeks as the Erinion. This plant is a palm in height and has mostly five small stems. In appearance it resembles Ossinum, and bears a white flower with a small black seed. Beaten up with Attic honey, it is a cure for defluxions of the eyes. In whatever way it is gathered, it yields a considerable abundance of sweet, milky juice. With the addition of a little nitre, this plant is extremely useful for pains in the ears. The leaves of it have the property of neutralising poisons. End of section 15